Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. And now, you guys, I get to introduce our speaker. And I would like to say some nice things about this person. (laughs) It's not too hard. I was thinking about it. And I've just gotten to know Tyler through just youth ministry the last couple of years. And I can say that um, if you ever need an ear to talk to or a heart to have you feel understood or encouragement or just a pat on the back, then this is the person that you need to talk to. And I'm excited to hear today what he's going to share. So let's give him a warm welcome to Tyler. Woo! Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I am here to talk to you about my last year. Uh, more specifically, it's probably like the last two years, but definitely the last year is more the focus here. Um, okay, quick question. Do you like movies that start at the very end and then go back and do that whole thing where you start with the end and then you... you know, I do. Like, I'm thinking of like Saving Private Ryan. Have, how many of you guys in here have watched Saving Private Ryan? If you haven't watched Saving Private Ryan, fix that, first of all. Uh, But Saving Private Ryan, you have this elderly man walking through the gravestones at probably somewhere in Europe, I don't know where exactly, but he's walking through all the gravestones, and he, there's this moment, sorry, I get all emotional just thinking about this movie, but he falls down on his knees at this gravestone, and then you get these like super piercing blue eyes, and then in a snap, you're in World War II, it's D-Day, they're about to land on the beach, and it's just like this really awesome moment. There's like all these really great movies that start at the end and then work their way to the, to the core, the meat of it, and I'm, I happen to really like those movies, and so I'm starting like that. I'm starting with the end, and then I'm going to work us back through the meat of it. So, um, uh, uh, at the beginning of July, I think it was July the 3rd, Pastor Travis, uh, we were actually, I went back and I watched this a couple times this week, we were actually in the chapel uh, just over there because we didn't have access to the gym that week, and Pastor Travis brought this message called uh, Burning Out or Burning On, and I was on media at that time, uh, which is the guy that does all this stuff up here. Um, I was... Uh, I got the email, the message that had, like, the, the outline of that Pastor Travis is going to bring, and I read it, and I was like, oh, crap. It was like, it was such a kick in the pants for me, because I read that message, and I read through it, and I was like, uh, this is a serious kick in the pants for me. Um, it was, uh, Pastor Travis brought the three, these three fallacies about burning out uh, that people get kind of trapped in. Um, they were, uh, sorry, I should, I should say, I had only like a few days before really kind of understood that I was actually entering into, or just, I don't know, I was in the midst of burnout. And it was really, really hard for me. Um, so, the three fallacies were, I can't. The second fallacy was, seasons never end. And the last one, well, actually, I'm doing them backwards. But the first one was, uh, we shouldn't be tired. Now, 
Before I go too far into this, you should understand that I am a really, really private person. I, I kind of live, um, I lean more towards the mindset of, if your name isn't my wife, it's none of your business. Um, if I'm being, and I'm not saying that because I'm proud of that, I think it's actually uh, one of my character flaws, but I am a really, really private person. I don't generally open up and like let people pass some of the guards I have in front of me. Um, I'm probably more embarrassed by that fact than I am proud of it. Anyways, uh, the first fallacy with the I can't, which has to do with our willingness to bring God into the midst of the things that we're doing. Uh, what and how many things are we spending our energy and time towards, and how many of those choices we, are we making without really considering if God would have us do it. Um, now, as a really, really high-capacity person, I, I've always just been, yeah, I'll, I'll take that on. Um, I wear a lot of different hats, um, but I take, I take more on, and I take more on sometimes, and I will... I don't know. I take stuff on in my day-to-day -day life. I take stuff on in our, my marriage and my parenting in our in work and all those different areas and even in ministry. And I've, I've always just been a yes man. I'll do that, yeah. The second fallacy was that seasons never end. Now, especially coming out of the last two years, uh, all of the relaxing restrictions, reinstating restrictions, doing things, the ebb and flow of that, um, it's understandable on some level that we would think that that, that that fallacy that seasons never end would have a deeper grip on, uh, on our psyche. Uh, and I know for me, being a provincial employee, it really kind of was reinforced for me. Like, I... I had, are we allowed to mask, are we not allowed to mask? Are we in class, are we out of class? Are we this, that, and the other thing? Like how much of, how much of everything we do, of everything I did, especially at, at work and at home, was kind of dictated by that ebb and flow. And so that season, those two years seemed to really draw on for me. Uh, the third fallacy, uh, was that we shouldn't be tired. Now, as I said before, I, I am more of a yes man than anything else. Um, this one of all of the fallacies was probably the one I needed to hear the most. Um, now, I wear a lot of hats. I, I, and I'm assuming that most people do wear a lot of different hats at different points in time. There's husband me, which... I mean, that's a, that's a pretty awesome hat to wear. Um, there's dad version of me, which honestly is a pretty awesome hat to wear as well most of the time. Uh, there's Mr. S me, which I spend eight hours a day typically wearing that particular hat. And that hat is, you know, it's, I quite enjoy that hat most of the time. Um, there's youth guy version of me which is similar to Mr. S. Me, but slightly less, I can't, I'm not, that, that'd be a lie. I'm just as stupid in class as I am at youth. Um, so, and 
I'm also oftentimes I'm the I'm a guy that lots of kids will reach out to when they need to talk through something. Um, I get emails or texts from people at random points in time. Kids that I've taught from years gone by will occasionally reach out to me and be like, "Hey, I just need someone to bounce an idea off of." And so that's another hat that I wear, and I'm sure there are more. Now, this last year, in basically every single one of those avenues, there have been fires. And some of those fires were pretty insane. Um, Christine and I have been working through something as a couple, uh, trying, to, trying to put ourselves in a position where we can get the most out of life and be, like, being supportive and all those things and like just trying to move from the place we were to the place we want to be uh, in our life. And that's, that was, that's hard. Um, man, holy cow. My son graduated, my eldest son graduated this year and he's now taller than me, which is doubly hard. Yes, you can give him a round of applause for that. I always suspected he was going to be taller than me, which is awesome, actually, in my mind. But he graduated is the most important one. And I, oh, man, this last year I have, like, held on like a madman to his grades, which actually is kind of hilarious to me because I had the worst grades on the face of the earth. Like, in my high school years, my grades, I... Christine found my high school transcript when we were moving from our previous house to our current house. She, we were clearing out some box of clutter and she opens this box up and here's my high school transcript and she opened it up and looked at it and it had all of my grades and she, like, actual words she said, she's like, oh man, if I would have saw this before we got married, I might not have said yes. <laughs> like, that's how bad my grades were. But she says that now. But honestly, there is a little bit of, like, I was holding on to Liam's grades like a madman. I, I knew kind of what he wanted to do, and I knew the grades that were required for that. And I, not fanatical, but I was definitely like, hmm. Um, I, uh, on the parenting side as well, I had Ewan going into junior high, and I got to walk him through, like, a really hard year. Like I, and I was unbelievably close because he was physically in my classroom as he battled like a really hard year. And I, it just kind of broke my heart because I had to then be balancing Mr. S version and dad version and trying to walk the fine line between the two. And it was, it was like really, really complex and really hard to figure out what to do, when to do it, how to do it, where it's not going to cross too many boundaries. And... Again, I'm kind of a control freak, and so that was really complex. And then I was watching, like, Graham. I'm like, okay, Graham, you have to get ready for high school, and high school is going to be interesting because high school just is interesting. Like, I don't know how else to put it. High school is a really interesting season of life, and it can be awesome, and it can be terrible if you're in the right or wrong positions in the right classes with the right people, it's fantastic. If you're in the wrong classroom with the wrong people, it can be really hard. Um, 
you understand, you get the picture. If you've, if you've parented at any point in time, like I'm at, I'm at the like graduating out phase, but if you have younger ones, you've, you understand what I'm talking about where your younger ones are just as challenging sometimes as your older ones. So as you parent, there's just gonna be pretty much constant uh, little bits of fire, but it was a new season for me with graduating and ugh. Um, and that gets me to work. And I had a really, really challenging year at work. I, I, it's, it was one of the hardest years teaching that I've ever had. Um, the last two years have taken a lot of things from our students. It's taken athletics, which honestly, athletics is a thing, but it isn't the most important thing. It's taken a lot of academics, like, if your kids are in, like there's all kinds of statistics and studies being done on kids that are from K to three and what the impacts long-term will be of these years of in and out, homeschooling, at, not schooling, I don't even know what. Like there's, there's impacts there that we will see the repercussions of for the next 15 years. And so that was a thing. There's, um, the thing I spent most of my time on this last year, though, was the interpersonal and the, uh, the personal side of things with my students. And I, I'll be honest, I took on, of my own free will, I kind of took on, um, I took it upon myself to try and fix stuff. Like, and fix stuff for, not just for the, this year, but fix stuff for my kids, for my students, for years and years down the road, because really I want my kids to be successful. My students, I want them to be so successful that they don't have any real problems going into high school. It really is, like, it's something that I just have a real strong desire, is to make sure that my students have the best experience they can going forward. Um, but it turned out that some of those, some of those issues that my class had had roots way deeper than COVID. They had roots from years and years gone by and they had interpersonal problems that were coming to the forefront in grade eight that I just could not, for whatever reason, I couldn't, I don't know, no matter how hard I tried to hold on and tried to correct and guide and all those kinds of things, I just couldn't do everything that I wanted to do. Um, All of that led me to a place where I was completely drained heading into summer. Um, the problem I came to all the way through from about, I don't know, March, April, May, June, those kind of awesome months usually, is I leaned really hard on the Christian F word. Does anyone know what the Christian F word is? fine. How's your year going? It's fine. How's Christine doing? That's fine. Uh, how are things in the family? Fine. And what ended up happening is I pretty much became like a pinball machine. I bounced from fine to fine to fine to fine to fine to fine to fine. And the problem with that approach is that in addition to being really dishonest, uh, 
is that where you're called to be, is it, sorry, is that we're called to be comfort to people in a way that we've been comforted? But I wasn't being comforted. I was at best oblivious, which isn't actually a good place to be. I was at best oblivious to my situation, but in all reality, I wasn't acknowledging my own ability or my own inability to be refreshed, my own inability to be refreshed. Um, I, Christine used to bug me because I, was, I became like an 80-year-old man. 9.30, 10 o'clock would hit, and I'd be like, oh, I think I'm going to bed. And I'm usually a night owl. Like, I'm usually up until uh, midnight without any problems, sleeping until 7. I don't, I like my sleep, but I don't need the full eight hours. But I was in a position where I, I just could not find the energy at the end of the day to stay up and watch another show or do another thing or help. Like, I just, 10 o'clock hit, and I was like, oh, man. And looking back on it now, that's a symptom of the bigger problem that I was going through. Um, yeah. I have the verse, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 3 to 7. Uh, it says, Blessed be the God, uh, blessed Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also is our comfort. Uh, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in our, effective in our patience, patient endurance of the same sufferings which we also suffer. And our hope for you is to be firmly grounded, knowing that as you are sharers of our sufferings, so also are sharers of our comfort. Now, how can I comfort someone else in any meaningful way when I have been hiding my own need for help? How can I love, nurture, and care for what God has put in front of me when I'm trying to do, sorry, when I'm trying to do that without uh, walking around hobbled by my own ignorance or pride? See, I'm, I'm a fixer. When a problem is put in front of me, my brain immediately snaps into gear and starts thinking of ways, trying to figure out ways to help that person fix the problem, solve, move things around, adjust and give advice so that I can help someone or some situation be better. I don't think that I'm going, that I have, I'm like some sort of magical person that can solve the problems, but I'm always trying to help someone be in a better position than they were before the conversation. Now, my desire to fix things allowed me to blind myself to my own need to be poured into. I have to say that all of the things that I was doing, like my desire to help my students, my desire to be helping myself and Christine be in a better position in our, uh, in our just day-to-day -day lives, my kids, all those things, I think all those things were worthwhile. And they, I truly feel, like I really, really feel called in all those areas and my desire to be as effective in those areas as I can be are like 
really deeply rooted in who God has made me to be and what he put me on this earth to do. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, this was actually out of Pastor Travis's message, um, the poured out, burning out, burning on message. Um, it says, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I, again, I really feel like what I was called to do is still something I am still called to do, and I will continue to pursue those things. I just have to be smarter. So I also didn't entirely notice that things weren't actually fine. I was blind to the snappy nature I'd taken on at home, and some of the ways that I idolized uh, obedience in my house had become a problem for me in my relationship with my sons. Um, I didn't see the way that I started to pull back from some things that it's, uh, and had started going through the motion in others. I didn't see the way that uh, I had literally, I literally had to take youth group and carry on with the way that we've always done it. And I don't think the way that we've always done it is bad, but I just could not see a way to change what we'd done because change, change in that regard seemed really challenging. Um, the false vine I was living in had gotten me into a place where it had become the default mask that I wore. In the end, it actually got me to a place where I said no at camp. Uh, Pastor Amy had asked me if I could take on a role at camp as one of the skit guys, and I said no. I literally didn't have space in my head or my heart to put on a different mask. I couldn't play another character because the character I was playing was just too much. Uh, the fine character, uh, sorry, my fight, my fight to be outwardly fine had ultimately, blind, ultimately blinded me to the, all the ways I was far from fine. And it was finally catching up to me and something had to give. Now, uh, a few weeks ago, we were listening to John Eldridge, a podcast that he was in, and he was talking about uh, globally, not just in the church, but everywhere, there's this expectation that now that we're on this side of COVID, that we go back to 100%, that we aren't just going to ease back in and, you know, build our muscles back up to be able to do this, that, or the other thing but rather that we're just going to go right back to the way it was before. And if we're honest about the way it was before, one of the last series we did in our church was based around John Eldridge's book. I can't remember what it's called. Get Your Life Back. Uh, and that book was actually all about the fact that we were operating at more than our capacity because that was what was expected by society. And so we go from being overtaxed to all of a sudden... COVID hits and we are forced to pull back in several ways, but there's a whole bunch of weight that comes with it. And now that we're on this side, we're just jumping right back to 100%. But so many people that today are actually operating at 40% in their own capacity, but are working to try and compete at 100% because that's what we're told we have to do. Um, I think that really... 
I think the real thing we're missing as we get depleted is we forget to take inventory of our lives, our relationships, and the joy we're finding in those areas so we can get a better picture of where we're at. Once we're done an honest assessment, we need, we need to open up about it. And because we usually aren't able to, be on, to do an honest assessment, we actually need to invite trusted people to speak into our lives and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us. Opening up needs to be done in two directions. It needs to be done laterally and vertically. Now, if you're like me, that's private, you forget that we, as we open ourselves up to the people around us, we both allow them to help, uh, help with the healing process, but also that that type of vulnerability also opens the door for them to bring their needs to you and for you to be able to return that help. Uh, Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. I actually got called to the carpet in our connect group recently about the fact that I haven't shared the struggles with them. They were totally justified. Our connect group is actually intended to be a place where we can bring uh, all of the things that we're going through to each other to be able to support each other and help each other to be able to think or have clarity or have prayer uh, and bring God into the mix of all of the things. And everyone else was doing that, but I just kind of sat back. And through the whole process, our connect group was so loving. They asked me questions. They asked me to just to kind of express what I was going through. It was, it was fantastic. They pressed in in a loving way. Uh, and I found clarity that was about what was happening and what I needed to do for myself and for my family to get through this. But more significantly, I ended up seeing the way that opening up and talking with my people helped with healing. Now, there were elements that I had already kind of formulated some amount of like, this is what's going on, Tyler. Think about this. Try and figure out what to do next to make yourself be able to carry on. But the questions that were asked of me were so much more clarifying and broadened my understanding to the other areas that this fine thing that I had been going through, the way it had impacted other people. And it was just, it was exactly what I needed. Um, so the, the, the lateral sharing is an essential part, especially with fellow believers. Uh, most importantly, though, is the vertical sharing. Christine had this frame in our house. It said something to the effect of, have you prayed about it as much as you've complained about it? And I've walked past that thing hundreds of times. Like, I've read that silly thing thousands of times. And I thought about it at least a handful of times. And I, I needed that so much more than I could give credit. Like, I just, I couldn't even... In this last couple of weeks, I have had to, like I've never had to before, vertically share with God and wait for the download from God so that I could actually move forward in a meaningful way. I, uh, 
I've never actually, like, I've never come to a place where I was like, God, I need you to intercede on my behalf, like I have this last year. And uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty says, "Come to me, all who are weak and who all who are weary and heavily laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light." Now, I'm also aware that the Holy Spirit plays a role interceding for me. In Romans 8.26, it says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Now, I'm confident that the Holy Spirit has been working overtime for me in this last year. While I get that this is a service that the Holy Spirit offers, I don't think that this is actually the intended use of it. Um, Just continuing to grind my way through life without actually dealing with anything, just that the Holy Spirit has something to do is immature at best. Um, And I don't think it's maturing me in my faith. I need to work on letting go of my self-reliance and start work on submitting everything to him. Now, the worship team can start coming up. I'm about to wrap up here. Um, nowhere in the Bible we promise a fine life. If we want to live a life of purpose, a life of meaning, a life that has impact, the only way to do that is to roll up our sleeves. Now, I know that rolling up your sleeves oftentimes is associated with just grinding your way through stuff and working harder and doing more. But rolling up your sleeves can also mean rolling up your sleeves to be vulnerable enough to show people the scars. Sometimes you do that to get help. Sometimes you do that to offer others the consolation, the, um, the, the recognition that I've been where you're at and I am walking through that and this is where I'm at and let's help each other out. Sometimes you get to offer support to others that are in the midst of the storm. You aren't failing as a Christian if your life isn't sunshine and lollipops. You're lying to yourself and probably doing damage to others or yourself. And if you don't learn to communicate and seek help, that damage can be lasting and way more impactful than you think. Lastly, God's glory is only magnified when we're able to take hardship and acknowledge his presence and, uh, and the strength that he gives to those that seek us or seek heart or they're in hard times, that seek him in hard times. Now, the question we ask every week is, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with what I've heard? In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, the other one can help uh, help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and anyone who, isn't, who has no one to help them. Also, if two lay down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overwhelmed or overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Coming forward for prayer is a fulfillment of the ending of that verse. 
you are joining with another believer and God and making a strong cord of three. Making the choice to, uh, today to get what you need when you're in any struggles. So the reason why we do this at the end is to give you an opportunity. I, I may be the only one that was going through that, but I really doubt that I'm the only one that was feeling depleted. If you feel like you're walking through a time of depletion, you're walking through a desert season in your life, there's going to be people up here that would love nothing more than to join in with you and pray with you through that. I, looking back, wish that I would have at points in time through my season of burning out would have come forward for prayer. And I really hope and pray that you would take this opportunity. So, God, I thank you for, uh, just for the opportunity to come to you. I thank you for the way that you've worked in my life, and I pray, Lord, that anyone that's going through a similar sort of season would find refreshing and would find what they need in your presence, whether that be the presence of a fellow believer or just your presence uh, as we worship. God, I pray that you would be there with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.